not sing. Oh no. The stats over at the Shannon. Come on. No, no, no. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Anglican. I'm Caleb and I'm here with Adam. And I'm Daryl. And if you couldn't uh if you couldn't tell, we're gonna be talking about it this well, if you didn't notice, I'll say this we're coming around a certain time of year. We are. We're coming around the time of Advent. And this is gonna air on Black Friday, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think so. So we are it'll be the Friday before the first Sunday of Advent. Very good. Happy Black Friday, friends. <laughs> You're probably right. going to the store. <laughs> be, be fiscally responsible. That's right. Fight the crowds. <laughs> you, have to, you have to pay your credit cards back. And if someone's jumping in line, you give them the people's elbow. That's right. Very good, Caleb. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not trying to advocate violence. Yeah, don't do that at Walmart. It sounds like that's what you're doing. But but yeah, I was uh, even talking to some people about Advent. I was talking to my one friend, uh, I think last night, talking a little bit about like what Advent is and stuff. Even thinking about the advent calendars and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The good news is there is a Lego Star Wars advent calendar you can buy. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is sold out right now. I'm sorry. So, Very hard to get your hands on right now. You can get the Marvel one. It'll cost you around 39 bucks on Amazon. Well, the, the difference, Caleb, is I was looking at getting it for my children. You were looking at getting it for yourself. No, no. no. <laughs> he was going to get it for your kids, too. Okay. Right. Sure, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just... Christianity and capitalism. I love mixing them together and I'll okay. see what we can get. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. But what is what is Advent, Father Daryl? Advent comes from the Latin word adventus. We get our we get our word adventure from this, right? To go at, right. Uh, but it comes from the Greek parousia, 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 depending on your Greek slavification. Uh, but Advent means the coming, the presence. He's present. So we talk about Advent as preparation for Christ's Christ being present, as in Christmas. Is being born, so Advent is preparatory in that way. So we adopt certain hymns like "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel," right? So there's that expectation for Christ's birth. But Advent is also the time when the church prepares for the second Advent when He comes again in power. So the scripture readings throughout Advent are focused on the preaching of John the Baptist and the other prophets to prepare Israel for the birth of Messiah and to prepare us for His return. So in the same way that they were waiting for his birth, we are waiting for him to come again. So that's what's going on in Advent. That's that's where the word comes from. The actual liturgical celebrations, that's really hard to nail down. That's really hard to nail down. We see lots of variation and changes, most of which we have written records about after the 200s. They just kind of ebb and flow over time. Sometimes they fast for a couple hundred years. Sometimes there's no keeping of fasting. The color, liturgical colors, predominantly purple, was for a long time. In England, in uh, the serum use, the serum rite, there was a blue that was used. Interesting note, by the way, a lot of historians don't think that blue used to exist. What? Tell me more. Yes, they don't think blue, blue as a color that was seen and described by ancient writers doesn't exist anywhere. And because it doesn't exist... Historians wonder if people quote quote saw blue. What about like the the sky? What about blue eyes? They, uh, well, about ten back they would, in the day. So shades of blue they would have, they have different language for to describe like what they're observing. But the color blue that we're familiar with, we don't have archaeological writings or evidences that show that they understood blue as a color like we do today. I guess if you think because like what nature do you really see that's blue? It's an interesting. Much. It's an interesting thing that you can like harvest, like blueberries. They're not really blue; they're purple. If you think about it. So that's the thing. The blue. They think that the the blue use in in Salisbury serum right, which starts in 
1300s in England, thereabouts, the blue was a derivative of the purple dye somehow. Yeah. Like that seems, they think historically, well, not that the blue started there because of purple errors, but the color usage. So even forms of scarlet are reckoned as purple. And then forms of blue were reckoned as purple in a lot of the ancient writings. But the blue as a distinct color that's used liturgically starts in England. So for us here at Ascension, we do use serum blue for Advent to distinguish the penitential nature of Advent from Lent when we used purple. It is very hard to find a Advent wreath, by the way, with blue. The wreath is going to be green. No, I mean the, can- <laughs> the candles, you know. Oh, like you have your, you know, your 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 four candles there, and um, it's very difficult, as I have, me and my wife have recently discovered. Talk to Jacqueline. We've got she, we've got blue candles. She can tell you where she got them. But you would still have three, and then you'd have the uh, the rose colored or the pink Gaudete, the, the that hope candle of hope, peace, love, joy. What was it? What was the coinciding ones that you gave to it for that are less positive? What's that? Was it the because you're that, and then they're uh, on the board is like the judgment. Right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, Advent's also been a time when the church has historically talked about the first, la- the four last things: so death, judgment, hell, and heaven. So our Sunday school lessons <laughs> through through two weeks in Advent are going to be about the four last things, because people don't know what the Bible says about most of them truly. They're still thinking of heaven as, you know, clouds and Philadelphia cream cheese and hell as, you know, rivers of lava and stuff. So Full of dogs, because all dogs go to heaven. I saw the movie and the sequel. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the four last things in, in our Advent Sunday School class. But that's Advent. The culture starts. I mean, man, what was it? Uh, it's a commercial I saw yesterday. They were adapting one of the Christmas carols for the commercial to sell a car already. And I know that this has been going on for a long time. But I'm thinking, wow. Can we get to Thanksgiving night? Can we get to Black Friday? (laughs) Can we get to December? Because for the church, we have an entire four weeks of preparation for the birth of Christ. And a lot of people, culturally, they skip it because that, here's my take on it. This is my, maybe you guys might want to do a PhD research on this. My take is that the reason that the culture skips Advent and goes straight to Christmas is because large portions of American evangelicals jettisoned Advent, you know, decades and decades ago. We don't need to prepare for Christmas because God loves me as I am and accepts me by faith. And because he accepts me by faith, all I have to do is confess that he's a Lord and that's it. I'm completely in and I'm perfect and there's nothing God wants me to do. There's another theory that I have. It's not just about money. <laughs> no, it's not no, about money. Okay. Um, when uh, you ask them, why do you reject Advent? They say, what's Advent? Well, there's that. <laughs> that that's, where we, yes, <laughs> that's where we are now. Which right. is crazy because I was realizing even the other day, I was like yesterday I was thinking about it. I'm like, I've literally used Advent calendars before, but I never connected it until I started thinking about this. Yeah. It, it, we, the church has taught we must be holy. Scripture says, without holiness, no one's going to see the Lord. And why do we, when we look at Scripture and we look at the 400 years of slavery in Egypt, the 400 years of, of exile, look at giant swaths of centuries when God's people are doing nothing but waiting for him to fulfill his promise. And the purifying elements, the fire of that affliction in both of those cases, where they have to be ready for him to appear— the church builds that into our preparation for the for the birth of Christ, the Christmas Day, Christmas season, the 12 days of Christmas. We've got to be pure. We've got to be ready. And Advent is that time of preparation. So 
culturally, the culture jumps so fast right into Christmas that you we do we do have things that we do in the church uh, because we'd be so out of step that how do we how do we bridge the gap? But we do want to still and we will continue to highlight Advent as a distinct season in preparation for Christmas. Yeah, and I mean not just uh, you know we're gonna probably talk about some more distinctives here, but uh, one of the things that uh, me and my wife have been trying to do is how do we work those traditions because we come from a very evangelical, non-traditional background. And so we haven't seen these spelled out. Like, you know, yeah. like we have Christmas traditions, but we don't have Advent traditions. And also balancing that with the fact that my wife wants to decorate immediately. And I'm like, it's not even Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, that's my role. That's like my, I don't have yeah. many, I'm not very, there's not many things that I'm like, this is the way it needs to be. But that is one. Yeah. I can't stand listening to like Christmas music until... After Thanksgiving, I'm already angry. So I can't even. You can't go shopping right now without hearing it. So I just walk through the doors. The one wall. of the ways it's to screaming. Yeah, one yeah. of the ways to bridge this gap is that the church needs to keep the Advent focus in its in our Sunday liturgies. So you want the readings of the prophets. You want to take the hymns and the carols that are anticipating Christ's birth and fold all of that into the celebration. And it's also penitential. So churches that don't have a practice of kneeling, this is a good time to kneel for prayer, to kneel for different spots in the liturgy. Um, in our case, we take the longer liturgy, the Anglican standard text, and that's what we use on Sundays in our, in our divine service. The, the, the liturgy, I mean, it's both. Um, <laughs> but you keep that focus, and then you can take these other things that the culture's already doing, and you can build them into what you're doing, not liturgically, but in the life of the church, because it becomes a means of outreach. It's a means of incorporating the community into things that the church is doing so that people become acquainted with the church. Now, you got to kind of give your friend a, you know, a warning if they're coming in on the first Sunday of Advent thinking it's going to be Christmas and it's repent, you brood of vipers. I mean, you got to <laughs> you got to bridge that gap. But it's, it's, a, it's a very appropriate time to be working both ways like that. I know one particularly Anglican tradition, now it's gone across denominations, Christian groupings since it started just about 100 years ago, is a service of lessons and carols, nine lessons and carols. Some churches do that Christmas Eve and some do it like the first Sunday in Advent. Um, ours is kind of depending upon what else we've got going on in the month, but we, we tend to do that Christmas Eve here. But there's no reason you can't do it on the Annunciation, which is the fourth Sunday of Advent or the third or the second. I mean, so you, you fold in those preparatory elements through that month of December for Christmas. But since the culture begins its Christmas celebrations, preparations now, you know, here at the end of, of November, when Christmas Day comes along, they're done. But as far as the church is concerned, Christmas Day is the beginning of Christmas Tide, which goes for two weeks. Hold up, hold up. So what you're saying is Advent isn't Christmas, and Christmas isn't one day? Right. Advent is a, is a month. Christmas is two weeks, the 12 days of Christmas, which, uh, you know, five golden rings. Since you opened with a song, I got a, I got a chorus for it. Might as well. Uh, right. The 12 days of Christmas comes from, in this case, uh, a bad part of Christian history where the Roman Catholics were being persecuted in, the, in England by the, by the authorities. And I say it's bad because you never want to hear about that kind of stuff. But why were they restricting Roman Catholic worship? It's because they were still trying to kill the monarchs and stuff. But they took the 12 days of Christmas and used metaphor for distinctive portions of Roman Catholic doctrine, like the partridge in a pear tree's Christ in the manger. Right, I don't remember the whole twelve days and what they actually mean, but all yeah. you've got all of that. That's part of what's going on. Christmas is twelve days. 
the birth of Christ on the 25th, and it ends just before the Feast of the Epiphany in, on January 6th. That, that, is, that is very significant, that time frame for Christmas itself between the Eastern calendar and the Western calendar. So being Anglicans, we follow the Western calendar, not the Eastern. The East and the West differ on when they celebrate Christmas. So when we're celebrating Christmas, the Eastern churches aren't. When we are celebrating the Epiphany, that's when the Eastern churches are celebrating Christmas. And that distinction goes back very early into Christian history. And it has to do with the dating of Easter. Okay, you're staring at me. So here, here, here's how it goes. Tertullian is writing right around the year 200, and he's talking about the celebration of, of uh, Passover, of Good Friday and Easter, okay? And he says it's March 25th is when he says it took place. March 25th. In the ancient world, especially people of note who did important things, there was a, there was a, uh, the day of your death was seen in relationship to the day of your birth and your probable conception, right? So what is nine months after March 25th? December. December 25th. 25th. December 25th. Right? And now the East had a different reckoning. They said it wasn't March 25th. It was April the 6th. Nine months later, January January 6th. 6th. January 6th. So you see, even though they have a different set of dates, they still have the same working presupposition correlating the death and the birth of people of who of significance. So the celebration of Christ's birth on December 25th was not just some random, let's adopt this pagan holiday that we heard about from someplace and make it the birth of Jesus. No, it's nine months, nine month difference. Let me use that, that term. It's a, there's a difference of nine months, which is how they understood this from your birth, the, the day of birth, the day of death and the day of birth, how they related that. So this isn't an arbitrary date. The other thing that kind of, like whenever you see a Christian holiday or feast day or whatever you want to call it, and like, oh, there's a pagan holiday on that day. I'm like, there's a lot of pagans. Right. And there's a lot of pagan celebrations. Right. Yeah. Like it, the statistical probability of landing on one of those <laughs> is pretty high. Yes, yes. There was a thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years of human history before the gospel entered. Paul says it's in these last days and these ages of the end that the word of God, the Christ has become flesh. So this is the end. We, if it doesn't feel like it, we feel like we're on the end of massive expansion, but this is, as far as the scripture is concerned, we are moving towards the end of human history as we await the new creation in fullness. So, but so Christmas is pagan. Gotcha. Right. Got it. But this is where Advent isn't just waiting for the birth of the Messiah, but his second coming. I mean, don't worry about it. 200 years from now, they're going to say, well, you know, you're starting Advent on, uh, you know, Black... Oh, no, it's Black Tuesday. Never mind. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it could be. No, yeah. it's Black well, Friday. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you're just doing Cyber, just because, My Cyber Monday. Yeah. That's the other one. Just all these other holidays. You know what? You're just doing on that holiday just to take away from Cyber Monday, whatever the day that it would start off on. It was like but, Adam said a couple weeks ago, we'll take Shark Week. Yeah. We'll take... To, was it Toyota-thon? That's right. <laughs> But like, so how, how do we figure out when to start Advent? Because it starts differently. So they force, you have four Sundays before Christmas. Okay. That, that's how it works out. So whatever, so at the first Sunday of Advent is typically always the, fir- the last Sunday in November or the first Sunday in December. So it's always the first four Sundays before Christmas Day. And each one of them, uh, I want to say since the middle of the 1800s, early 1800s, with those particular readings from the prophets, 
has also focused on like cardinal attributes, you know, faith, hope, love, and peace, or hope, joy, peace, love. Like the 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 actual days vary from tradition to tradition. So like the Lutherans take those four days, and so do Anglicans, but we don't always typically do them on the same same Sunday. But those are four themes that are perpetuated, perpetually kept, I should say, on those four days. Does the Annunciation move as well? No. The Annunciation, like, like everybody kind of keeps that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Annunciation is the Sunday before Christmas Day. Even though the Annunciation as a feast is in March. Guess what day? The 6th, 25th. Often it's the 25th, nine months later. Wait, so how many days? Whose calendar to answer it by? That's one of the tough parts. I mean, you could probably look that up on your computer and find out when exactly. But I'm I'm fairly certain the Annunciation is March 25th. There, the the Western Church has had more feast days in honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and then at the Reformation, they all got redacted, some wiped out altogether. But in Anglican practice, we've opted to keep August the 15th because that's been the traditional day of assumption, assumption into heaven. It is uh, March 25th. There it is. It, well, that's what it was this year. Yeah, and it wow. will be because it's nine months to his it birth. Makes sense. Yeah. But the the liturgical celebration and advent of that of you know Mary's Magnificat of the Annunciation is the Sunday before Christmas. So Advent is what kicks off our calendar, correct? Yes. So our liturgical calendar ends this Sunday, Christ the King, and begins with a brand new year. So the year our liturgical calendar is arranged around um, three years, A, B, and C for our readings. So one of the ways to remember this is just with your gospel, the gospel order. So year A is Matthew, year B is Mark, and year C is Luke. So we are beginning year C this year. So December Advent of 2021 begins year C in the lectionary. The focus from Advent all the way through next year is going to be the gospel of Luke. And then year A begins next year, next Advent. Do you, do you think that it's something of significance how we end our year and how we begin our year? Yes. So Christ the King, as far as feast days goes, very new, like 1921. Uh, it was something that the Pope put into place, and then it just got adopted by everybody because they're like, this is great. So <laughs> Christ our King is how the year ends. So you're beginning with preparation for his birth and his appearing to the world. That's Epiphany. So the whole season of Epiphany is, is that Christ's appearing to the Gentiles. And then you go through the life of Jesus, those first six months of the year. And then the second six months is that ordinary tide, ordinary time of the church that culminates with the celebration that he is king. And then we switch the page. We, we turn the page to the next year. That's how, that's how it breaks out. Well, maybe we'll do one of these just on the, the calendar itself, but it's all of these feast days are very important. And to keep it focused on Advent, the idea of preparing ourselves to receive Christ over a four-week period. This is not Lent. There's a, there's a difference. There's similarity, great similarity, but there's a difference. Preparing for Christmas as a holy feast day unto God and, and joyous, celebratory. Man, this is a great time of the year. It's a wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That, that's what say. the song says, right? Say. Not the Christmas carol, by the way. That's I will say, I'll I'll say this, Caleb, because people, like you mentioned, Advent calendars. Here's something I'd recommend for people who've never done it in in Advent. Read 2 Maccabees. Read 2 Maccabees and get a feeling for what Israel was doing and writing and experiencing while they were waiting for the Messiah. In John chapter 8, he writes about the festival of lights that Jesus is at. That's Hanukkah. Hanukkah celebrations 
the origin for that we read about in Second Maccabees. So I would recommend that you read Second Maccabees and get ready for Christmas. That that's a great practice to to pick up. I've and it's kind of crazy when you look at it because it seems that one of the things I've noticed is like even just looking back and thinking on it is just how it is crazy how just the day of Christmas has taken over for Advent because now it's not even Advent time. It's just it's just kind of getting lumped up as Christmas time. Yeah. Which is crazy. Even like and now we're giving it almost like a full two months, which is kind of crazy. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what. I guess. I mean, my 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 theory is the fact of well, we got to sell product, so you know, might as well bump that out as much as we possibly can. That's definitely the case. I mean, for a lot of American businesses, what they earn in December is equivalent to what they earn like the first quarter. It's the most wonderful time yeah. of the year. Um, I think. I think uh, emotionally it speaks to the void that's in the heart of a lot of people. Mm. And they're looking for ways to fill that sense of family, of fellowship, of friendship, of, of kindness. Like, you know, Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. The world is, you know, filled with these ghosts that are stuck in purgatory because they've done nothing but live for themselves. And Scrooge has to be introduced to kindness, you know, generosity to, to his fellow man. And so a lot of these very, very early Christmas celebrations are an attempt by people who are very anxious to... Like, like suffering from anxiety, to recapture and to feel that good feeling and to make that last as long as they can. The irony is how much Advent confronts that. Yeah. It says that you are unable to truly enter into the fullness of the Christmas season without first offering to God all that you are to be conformed to his image. You know, the scripture reading, uh, he who has this hope in himself keeps himself pure. So as we're waiting for the second coming, we purify our hearts. And we do that when when we do that and then enter into Christmas. It's astounding because Advent isn't a hard break, right? It's not a hard break from penitence, penit- uh, penitential season of hope to Christmas. It's a gradual increase. It's a gradual movement so that as you get closer to Christmas Day, the liturgy is focusing you more, but then the celebrations are widening so that the Sunday before Christmas, as we just mentioned, is the Annunciation. You're already in preparation to commune with the saints and the angels, you know, because they're all there when he's born. Heaven can't contain the angelic choirs when he's born. They all show up to sing. So you're moving all of that as the church goes forward. So that first Sunday is you brood of vipers by the beard of John the Baptist repent. And by the last Sunday of Advent, this is the Annunciation. So it's a very, it, it's a powerful effect when the church corporately is able to enter into the reality of preparation and of waiting. We don't like to do either one. <laughs> it does make it easier not to do it alone. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. What more joyous place is there for the birth of Christ than the church? Because we wouldn't be anything. We, there'd be no church without Christ. He's the head of the body. So, and I'm not, I mean, I realize, as we've already said, lots of people put up their Christmas decorations. They love that good feeling. They like the, the soft Christmas lights because, you know, the hour changes. So it gets dark. Like last night at 630, I thought, is it 10? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then again, and then at 10, I'm like, is it six? I mean, just that whole long nighttime. So there are people that, that put up their lights and get decorative for those reasons. And some, because they're just, they don't have time in December. There's lots of reasons why people do this and we're not coming down on that either way. People are going to do what they're going to do, and if whatever's helping them cope, that's good. But uh, I am like no Christmas music, you know, not not until later. Uh, that's just me. Man, I remember this is completely not theological. When I was a, uh, <laughs> I was a teenager, uh, like Christmas Eve, my dad walks out in the limb room, and he says to my brother and I, where's the tree? 
Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Where's your Christmas tree? Well, you didn't give us any money. So he reaches into to his pocket, pulls out, you know, some cash. He says, go over, go over to the Martins. They used to have a Christmas tree lot up there before they build all this stuff that's up there now. He said, go up there and get me, a, go, go up there and get a Christmas tree, bring it back. I said, and what? It's Just go your, use your car. So I drive up in my 82 Oldsmobile, Cutlass Supreme, find like <laughs> one of the last trees on the lot, oh, pop the no. trunk, throw the tree in that thing, drive back and decorate it so poorly. Right? My brother and I, we actually had to use a rope to tie it to the wall because we didn't have a proper Christmas tree stand. <laughs> and uh, I can't believe I'm sharing all this. But my, my, my wife, she's my girlfriend at the time, comes over with her sister and sees the tree that's only decorated on the front. We didn't even decorate the behind it, you know? <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't decorate. And my brother and I, and they're like, what are you doing? So they completely redirect, decorated the tree for us. My father was so happy, you know? But <laughs> so that was Christmas Eve, you know? Uh, a time crunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, I always got to have a tree. Yeah. I, I, have a, I have a fake tree now that I just set up and tear down. Oh, come on. Super- you got to have the real tree. <laughs> I have a dog. Who likes to drink the water? Oh yeah, and I don't need snots like you know Uncle Eddie's all anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like the smell. That's my biggest thing. I got I, I got car fresheners to do exactly. The same thing. So, you get the little pine <laughs> so you're gonna get the little pine trees on the big Christmas tree as ornaments. Come on. I don't know if you've noticed, but his Christmas celebration is very pragmatic. Uh, he, he he ties it up and he only decorates the front. <laughs> you know, like, hey man, look. <laughs> As it is now, my wife and my kids, I, you know, well, my son's big enough now that he brings the boxes down from the attic. Uh, and I help move some of the heavy stuff. But the decorating part, we do that. We turn on the music, you know, uh, the whole thing, you know. <laughs> have a good time. Oh, man. They're good family celebrations. And, uh, you know, I do think if people not, you like you mentioned Advent calendars, if you've never used one, they're good countdowns. Uh, pick up a positive spiritual discipline. I'm making mention reading Second Maccabees. Be at the church every Sunday. I mean, you want to do that every Sunday anyway, right? But in Advent, you will hear Scripture read and emphases a focus on the second coming of Christ that a lot of liturgical churches, a lot of historical churches, don't make lots of preaching sermons about. But if they're going to preach the lectionary, they're going to do it then. So also, it's going to be really weird when you come in the first Sunday of Advent and they're telling you to repent. And then you're like, well, I'm not going back there. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it through. You're Stick coming, it through. We know you're coming back for Christmas. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. Well, I mean, Anglican <laughs> services for Christmas are stunning. I mean, the lessons and carol services. Think about all of the, not all, but the vast percentage of Christmas carols and Christmas hymns that you know. They didn't just fall out of nowhere. Some are very ancient and some were written in the 1800s by Anglican hymn writers that have become world renowned now. Think of Charles Wesley, the Anglican priest, all the hymns he wrote, and with all the other hymns that he wrote. You know, you can't turn on Charlie Brown's Christmas and hear Hark the Herald. Well, there's there's Wesley, you know, involved with those kinds of things. Not the cartoon, but, you know, the hymn that they're singing. He, he wrote the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so you get a lot of that kind of stuff. It's just, it's very, very good. The world's slowing down. I know it doesn't feel like it because you run from party to party, but you've got to build in the slowing down to prepare your heart to celebrate and remember and honor the birth of Christ in Christmas. So I guess it's four weeks, you know? Yeah. How many days is Advent? Does it change? Well, yeah, because it depends on what... What time uh, it lands in the year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's roughly a month. Okay. So we have the... Because I, I know there's four weeks at least. Four Sundays. So yeah. it just depends on what day is Christmas after that fourth Sunday. Like next year, Christmas is a Sunday. Advent's going to start on the 27th, I think. Yes. 
this site, this website's not lying to me right okay. now. Also, it's got these weird, I don't know, two marks of a truly wicked per- It's like those those advertisements you get on the side, but it's a Christian site, so they're all like, I don't know, it's cracking me up right now. Anyway, so we have the, so is it, so do we, every week I'm going to assume has like a theme? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, by using the Advent wreath with the four candles, each week is a different one of the four attrib- cardinal attributes, or not cardinal okay. attributes, one of the four attributes or, or theological focuses that we mentioned. Because ha- I'm looking at one, and they're like saying week one, hope, week two, like preparation, week three, joy, week four, love. Hope and love and joy pretty much stay the same. The preparation week could be peace, could be... And they said also waiting for prophecy, waiting or prophecy. Yeah, sometimes it's called the, the prophet Sunday. That's okay. one of the terms that's used for the first or the second Sunday, highlighting the like the prophetic ministry of John the Baptist, and especially the minor prophets, the 12 minor prophets get read in Advent. So you've got those, those are the four classic themes. That's probably the better adjective. The classic the, hits. Yeah. yeah, the classic themes, yeah. Okay. You mentioned wreath. Yeah, I mean, you have an Advent wreath. Think about, people think about Christmas Christmas wreaths that they put on their, their door. An Advent wreath is very similar, except it's laying on a table. And it's got four candles. And then in the center is a fifth candle called the Christ candle. So every Sunday, one of the different candles is lit, you know, hope, peace, joy, love, right? And then on Christmas Day, the white candle is lit for the birth of Christ. Is that like our menorah? Uh, you know, I don't know if there is a parallel there because I think the Christmas wreath came from some Lutherans in around 1820, 1830. I'm getting 1839 this site. Okay. Yeah. So you're fact checking me as we're doing this. Well, I was just. Oh, we always do every single week. <laughs> okay, Listen, I'm no, because I'm just trying to. Well, now I'm. I'm just looking at the site now. Okay, and I got the advertisements on the side. Got it. Five ways to give some. Anyway, <laughs> no, because I, I mean I might just go buy a menorah now and I'll just rip off the extra parts and just leave it there. That way I can light the candles. No, no. You think that's a good or a bad I idea? I wouldn't do that. I okay. wouldn't do that. That might not be good. Yeah, this, someone might get upset. Well, you mentioned menorah. You think about the the um, Hanukkah being eight days because the oil that was supposed to last to purify the temple to burn the lamps wasn't long enough, so they had a miracle where it lasted long enough for them to purify the temple. Well, what is in the Gospel of John, eight days. What do we see on the eighth day? It's the resurrection. So he appears on the first day of the week, and then John says it was seven days later on the eighth day. So eight being a number already in the Jewish mind of new creation, anticipating resurrection. And we see that preserved for us even in the the Festival of Lights. So again, another reason to read 2 Maccabees. Well, this this wasn't really one of our lengthier topics, but I mean, something just to kind of get in there. Yeah, because yeah, I don't I don't know if a lot of people know what Advent is, even though the word kind of gets thrown around. So kind of what, especially, you know, it's the time of the season. You know, so yep. we're throwing it out there for you, you know, getting everybody ready, ready to go. That's right. Don't want you to get shocked when someone says that when, you know, you go into uh, a church. Are those Advent cookies or Christmas cookies? Yeah, that's true. I can't eat them if they're Christmas cookies. Not yet. Well, your your Advent cookie ideas are what locusts and beards for yes, John the Baptist? Yes, yes. Why not make <laughs> yeah. cookies in the shape of John the Baptist's beard? Oh, no. <laughs> Or a brood of snakes. <laughs> I mean, take advantage. Like, I would just make it a little thing of his head. 
Oh, that's too much. For oh, that's me. too much. That's too much. That's <laughs> almost like a Halloween cookie or something. That's too oh, much. I can't do that. Don't want to make it too graphic. No, I can't do that. One. I'm sorry. Don't want to be offensive. And we just cookie. lost a third of the people. They just turned us off. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> not a third. Not, not again. A third. <laughs> but I think yeah, we kind of just covered the topic, and you know, I think our main point is Christmas is not Advent. Christmas but, is but it's not Advent. Advent it. is the the our preparation for his, right. his appearing, his second coming. Also, if you guys have, uh, or gals, yeah, okay, if anybody out there has, you know, I don't, maybe some crazy Advent, you know, traditions that they, they do, you know, send them in, you know, we'd like to hear them. Yeah, if you've got something other than the Hanging of the Greens or Advent calendars or Second Maccabees that you would like to share, let us know. We'll read it out. It, it doesn't have to be crazy. Uh, yeah. Caleb did say crazy. Um, it, can, it can be kind of normal as well. You know what? Just be exuberant. Yeah, like if we've got anybody on the other side of the, the world, I mean, Christmas is hot. That's true. So it could be something with air conditioning or fan blades or something like that. I, was I don't in, know. I was in Uruguay in 2008 in early December. And I'm telling you, we went into the store. It was 96 degrees or something like that outside. And they were playing White Christmas from Bing Crosby. And I thought, this just does not. Doesn't feel right. I can't do this. That's what I think. Well, even out in like California, because it's kind of not really, you know, cold there. I just, I don't know. But all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Well, hopefully... You know, you got you got something from this. Enjoy your shopping. Yeah, enjoy your shopping. Have fun. Fight the crowds. Tooth and nail. Get what you're... No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> once again, I'm Kale, but I'm here with... Adam. And I'm Daryl. And uh, have a good Advent season. <laughs> <laughs>